Hi everybody. I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Lost Floors Church and welcome to our weekend services. This week is Palm Sunday. So we're going to be taking a break over the next two weeks for Palm Sunday and Easter from where we were. We were talking about Joseph and we we're talking about Abraham and his descendants. And, and although we're taking a break. We're going to fast forward to the New Testament and talk about Jesus today. There are still these tie-ins to Abraham and his descendants. And, and it's really kind of fascinating to me uh, that over thousands of years, you can see this story uh, that it's really God's story. Uh, but God's story affects us in so many ways. When I was first, um, first a Christian and I'd gone to college, I um, experienced my first passion play, and they're not a big deal anymore. Not many churches do them, but they used to be this gigantic production, and lots of churches did, especially big churches. They would have live animals. They would have all these things, and there's just this little-known fact that I actually was in a passion play once. Of course, I was Judas, the betrayer, but I, I was in it, and it was my only act acting experience ever. I was the worst actor you could possibly find, and, and it was awkward, but I did it, and uh, it was an experience. But what I remember about the Passion Plays is the opening scene. Uh, almost all of them had the same opening scene, and it's Jesus showing up on uh, to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And, and there's this excitement, and there's live animals, and there's, there's people bowing down and waving palm branches, and there's just this, this excitement going on. And I have this way when I think of things of, man, what would it really have been like, you know, back when Jesus is actually walking into Jerusalem? Because when he shows up there, it is the first day of Passover, and Passover was a Jewish holiday that's tied to Abraham's descendants. We're going to talk about Passover in a little bit, but the version of Jesus walking into Jerusalem that you find in Matthew is basically that Jesus is on his way there with his disciples, and he sends two of his disciples ahead to, to get a donkey for him. And they get the donkey and bring it back. And, and Matthew says that the reason this happened was to fulfill a prophecy. Uh, this prophecy was prophesied by Zacharias some 400 years before this event. And this is what Matthew says. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, Look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so here comes Jesus sitting on a donkey. And as he comes in, people start waving palm branches. They, they lay their coats uh, on the path in front of him. It's like this, this honorable thing. And as he's going past, it says the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And they sang, praise God for the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. And so these people are like, man, something special's happening. And they're even asking, well, who is it? <laughs> who is it? But there is this excitement as Jesus makes his way into Jerusalem. Now, why is this significant? Well, first of all, Jesus was pretty popular at this point. 
So it's not surprising. It's not like out of the blue, all of a sudden Jesus is this famous person. He was healing. He was preaching. People knew him. He was attracting crowds everywhere. His, at this point, his ministry was at its peak. And, and so you can imagine these people are the word spreading, hey, this guy healed such and such, or he healed my son, or, or man, I, I watched him heal a cripple, and, and I've listened to him preach. There's something about this guy. And, and so the excitement about Jesus is growing and, and building. Uh, the big significance is that the day he walks in or rides in on the donkey is the day that Passover begins. Uh, so Passover began and still begins, say, on the 10th day of the month. And, and so on the 10th day, basically that was the day that all of the Israelites would pick a lamb, a, a spotless lamb. And then they would watch that lamb for five days to make sure it was the perfect lamb for sacrifice. And so as Jesus comes into Jerusalem that day, that's the day that they are there to pick their lamb that's eventually going to die. Now, the history of Passover what is it that these Jewish people were celebrating? And, and what's it all about? Well, uh, first of all, Passover was another covenant promise of God. It was kind of a renewal of the covenant that they made with Abraham. So you remember we were talking about Joseph. And, and when Joseph becomes powerful in Egypt, there's about 70 people in his family. That's it. But then over the next 400 years, those 70 people turn into somewhere around a million people. Could be over, could be just under, no, no one really knows. It, but the Egyptians began to fear these Jewish people, and so they made them slaves. And so the Jewish people who had all these promises from God weren't living in the promised land anymore. They're, they're in Egypt. And over time, they become slaves, and they are multiplying like crazy. And, and then the Egyptians just begin to oppress them. They kill their babies. There's all kinds of terrible stuff. And then God raises up a man named Moses. And Moses, who was an Israelite, had run away, and he now comes back to set his people free. God is going to use Moses to set the people free. And so if we look at Exodus chapter 12, basically the first 14 verses, it describes in there the first, the original Passover, and why the Jewish people celebrate it today. If you remember, there were 10 plagues brought down on Egypt. And each of the plagues built on the next one, and Pharaoh would be like, oh no, we've got to let him go. And then he would, he would say, no, I'm not letting him go over and over. Finally, they get to number 10. And number 10 is God himself is going to send this angel of death through Egypt and kill the firstborn son in every home. Just a horrible plague. But he tells the Israelite people, I am going to save you from this. But this is what you're going to do. So I'm going to read through just sections of Exodus chapter 12 and then discuss them briefly so we can understand the meaning of Passover and why they celebrate it even today. And so it begins with this. Announce to the whole community of Israel that the 10th day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. They are supposed to pick out a, a male 
one-year-old sheep or a goat without defects. And, and they actually watch it for five days. So they pick this out. And, and so it, let's say it's on a Monday that the Jewish day begins actually at six o'clock the night before. And so, so it's kind of confusing. But on Monday, you pick out that, that lamb and you watch it. For five days and on the fifth day which would actually be Thursday it, you would then sacrifice the lamb and it says the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight which is about six o'clock they are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal so each household selects their lamb and then at basically six o'clock on that fifth day, they slaughter the lamb and they take the blood. They would drain the blood into some sort of container or holding place for the blood. And then they would take that blood and they would smear it on the top of the door, door frames and on the side of the door frames. And one of the reasons they did this is in the ancient world, sacrifices were actually made to gods, not just God in the doorway of their dwelling where they lived. And the idea was they made this sacrifice or this altar right in the doorway so that when they stepped over the threshold, they were safe. They were So as they walked into their home, they had protection. That's exactly what is happening here with the Israelite people. God's saying, put this blood around your door frame, and as you step in tonight, your home will be protected from the angel of death. And then it says that same night they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. And so that's where we get this idea of unleavened bread. It, the idea is they're in a hurry, right? And so imagine the lambs, that every family sacrificing a lamb and then grilling it. Can you imagine a city of a million people cooking out on one night could you imagine the smell going up i mean imagine this this was this was huge and, and then this idea you eat this the bitter greens this was the idea you are are eating the the bitterness of slavery last 400 years you've been a slave it's it's a bitter taste in your mouth and and then this unleavened bread was we don't have time to put yeast in this we don't have time to we got to get out of here okay we we are ready and then it goes on says, these are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed. Wear your sandals. Carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. See, they're not getting ready for war. They're getting ready to run. They literally are tucking their shirts in. They have their walking sticks. They have their sandals on, and they're eating it with this urgency, like we're ready to go. We're getting out of here. And then it says, On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so the name Passover, the celebration, simply comes from this idea that the angel of death passed over uh, the Israelites' homes because they had the blood of the lamb on the door. Uh, God basically says, I'm going to go to war against the gods of Egypt. I'm going to defeat them. And, and 
the gods of Egypt, the symbol of Egypt was the serpent, was the snake. And biblically, the serpent stands for Satan. You can find that in the garden in Genesis. You can find that in Revelation, that, that Satan is a serpent. And so in this idea that we're taking the blood of the lamb, we're eating the lamb, then the lamb is now defeating the serpent. Uh, the blood of the lamb is keeping us safe from the enemy. And then it says, this is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. And so, now, the history of the Israelite people, even up to the point of Moses and slavery, was they were shepherds. I mean, they, they knew sheep. That was their livelihood, starting with Abraham and, and then Isaac and then Jacob. They were shepherds. And, and that's what they did for a living. And, and so it's ironic in a way that now that they're slaves, the, the lamb, the, the shepherd is still part of who they are. And this sheep, this baby sheep, a lamb, is used to set them free from slavery. And, and so each Israelite walked away from Egypt. And, and so the night before they are set free, they eat the lamb. They've spread the blood on the doorframe. If you remember in the blood covenant, the, the partners would feed each other like they're ingesting each other. And so basically, God is represented here in the lamb. And, and so they are basically doing this blood sacrifice that they are offering up the blood of this lamb. They're ingesting the blood of the lamb. And in that, they are becoming one with their God. It, it, it's like this beautiful covenant is all happening. It's the covenant meal. And they are becoming one with God through this meal. It's, it's a renewal of the covenant made with Abraham. The Israelite people are, are shepherds. They, they love their sheep, right? It, but now, now the sheep takes on a whole new meaning. Every year, Passover, they are to take a lamb and kill the lamb because that the death of that lamb means that they have life. Death was slavery. Life was the promised land. And, and that's where they are heading. And so the first Passover happened somewhere around 1,500 years before Jesus comes into Jerusalem on Passover week. So for years, they, they celebrate Passover. But over 1,500 years, you can imagine things change, right? Well, when the temple was built in Jerusalem, the first temple, they began to bring their lamb to the temple instead of doing it at home, celebrating the Passover so they'd all come together at the temple. Well, over time, as people traveled long distances, it became inconvenient to bring your lamb from home. And so the Levites, the priests, began to raise sheep there at the temple. And so that way, people didn't have to care to travel long distances. They could just come, and they could buy uh, the lamb there at the temple. And, and so uh, over the years, you can imagine how much money is exchanged in buying uh, the sacrifice. And, and that's, that's what's happening in Jesus' time. All this money exchanged. Uh, there's an estimate that each year at Passover during Jesus' time on earth, that there are somewhere around 250,000 lambs slaughtered on Thursday night, a 
Passover. Now, just imagine that 200, a quarter of a million lambs every year were slaughtered and then eaten by the Jewish people, part of this Passover festival. So the celebration by the Jewish people was, was a renewal. The Passover was a renewal of the original blood covenant with Abraham. Do you remember the three promises that God made Abraham? It was that he would have descendants more numerous than the stars or the sand of the seashores. And, and then he would give them the promised land. And then there was a third promise, that they would be a blessing to the whole earth. And over time, that promise became clearer and clearer to them that it was going to be a promised one. Like there is somebody coming who eventually became this, this hope of a Messiah. The, the original promise back in Genesis 12 says, all families on earth will be blessed through you, through the Israelite people, through Abraham and his descendants. All people will be blessed. And so that's the promise, but eventually over time that promise became a Messiah, a conquering hero that would come in and set them free from their miseries in this world, and they would then have reign of their promised land. They would have their temple back. They would have all of these things. They were looking for a modern-day David. They are looking for a hero that would ride in on a horse with a sword and defeat their enemies. And so that is why Matthew quotes Zechariah. I'm, I'm just guessing that Zechariah probably wasn't, this quote was probably not something they all went to and said, remember, he's coming on a donkey. He's going to be humble. <laughs> That's not what they wanted. They wanted a king. They wanted David. They wanted, they wanted a hero riding on a horse with a sword. Instead, Matthew says, but look, look what Zechariah said some 400 years before. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout and triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so the idea of riding in on a donkey literally just meant humility. It meant peace and humility. A horse meant war. And so here comes Jesus on the 10th day of the month, the day they pick the lamb. And how interesting is it, really significant is it, that Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice for us, the lamb of God, comes in on the very day that they would pick their spotless lamb. Five days later, you remember they would watch for five days to make sure it was spotless, to make sure there was no faults with this lamb. For five days they watched before they arrested him and sacrificed him. You see, Passover was all about death, but it was also about a new life. The Israelite people, yes, there was death in Egypt, but they were going to the promised land. They were leaving they had new life. They had new hope. Easter is all about death. We have to sacrifice. Jesus is sacrificed, but it's all about new life. We get a new life. Yes, there's death on Friday, but on Sunday we get new life. 
just like in Egypt, the lamb defeats the serpent. Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, he defeats Satan. Life defeats death. And so in the end, we all get to participate. You remember what God told Abraham, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Because the descendants of Abraham, because of Jesus, God came for everyone. He was the perfect lamb that gives us life. We get eternal life because of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for your story, which is our story. And I pray, Lord, that you would just fill us with the hope of Easter, the hope of life-defeating death. And we thank you that the Lamb defeated the serpent. And we pray this in your name. Amen.